if I got to choose my path and my, my journey, it's a little easier said than done, but I love doing faith-based projects that really hit home and leave a place on your heart. On some of my projects, people are like, oh, I saw you in that, you were hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that was great. But I love it when people come up and say, I saw you and that movie really touched my heart and I shared your story or the, you know, the story. Those really mean a lot. Well, over the past 10 or 15 years, it has been so refreshing to see Christian movies on the big screen, hasn't it? From War Room to Fireproof to I Still Believe, and now to a new Christian movie called The Mulligan. On today's episode of Significant Women, it is my delight to introduce you to a woman who has had a major role in two of these Christian movies, Tanya Christensen. Welcome to the Significant Women Podcast. I'm your host, Carol McLeod. Significant Women is a podcast for women. Our goal is to simply encourage women in all ages and stages of life that your life matters. It matters very much to the unshakable kingdom of God. I hope that this podcast will remind you that when Jesus is involved in the details of our lives, that every woman's life can be a significant representation of all that he is. Tanya Christensen is a Tennessee native who began her acting career on stage doing local theater. Her passion turned into a profession once she graduated from the University of Tennessee, Go Vols. Her first on-air job was as a host for a home shopping network. We've all watched that from time to time. And then she transitioned into acting where she continues her career in film and TV. Her most recent acting job has been on The Mulligan with Pat Boone. Tanya resides in Florida with her husband and two children and travels wherever her job takes her. You're going to love Tanya Christensen. So Tanya, you have to tell my friends how you met your husband because it's a God story, isn't it? It, it really is. It's an interesting story. You say you're out of Oklahoma. I live now in Florida. But back in, I want to say it was 1995, I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was working on a television shopping network. And it actually went under. They it went out of business. But the company that owned it was also one of the largest apartment to condo conversion companies in the country. And they bought a big building in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It had 400 units. It was two buildings, 200 units each. And they said, well, why don't you go out and you can do all the infomercials for the building and the property and also sell them when we're not doing things on the air. And I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. So I go to Tulsa. I love Tulsa. It, you, I, you, I love it. It's, it's rolling hills and green and those old, beautiful mansions that they don't make anymore. It's, it's just gorgeous. And the people are salt of the earth kind. Um, mm. So I'm there and I'm selling the condos and my infomercial for the condos is airing. It's a 30-minute infomercial, a little bit too much. It got to be a lot. It was a little embarrassing. But here comes this man in and he came to see some condos because my infomercial brought him in. And he was like, hi, want to show me around? And I was like, I'll show you around. And anyway, long story short, he ended up taking me out to dinner and not buying a condo. Um, but that's how I met my husband. He went, he got a baseball scholarship to go to Oklahoma State. 
OSU. Yeah. And then he stayed out there and was working, you know, he was in sales and next thing you know, we start dating and then I get a job in Florida. He gets a job in Florida and we move here, get married. And now we have 22 years and two kids later. And here we are, but I love where you are. I love, I love Oklahoma. I think it's great. Yeah. It's It's a great great place. It's a wonderful place to live. Yeah, but so is Florida. But I just love that God story, how you were just doing the next right thing in your life, just trying to figure it out. And here comes your husband. That is so wonderful. So tell us about your kids. I have two kids. I have a daughter who's 20 and she goes to Florida State. Uh, That happened fast. I can't believe she's 20. And I was just looking at pictures. I've got an an alert that comes up on my computer. If you want to see, you know, your pictures over the past 15 years, it's a little Shutterfly account. And sometimes I look and sometimes it just makes me sad because they were so little and the time goes so fast. And and then I have a son that is uh, 15. He's in high school here. So I still have, I still have some mothering to do. You know, I think we, once you become a mother, you're a mother for life, but I still, my kids still call me every day and need something. So yeah, a girl and a boy. I'm very, very blessed. You are blessed. Yes. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, motherhood is just one of the best parts of life, isn't it? It is. It, it truly is. And I knew I always wanted to be a mom. I always said, I, I, I really honestly prayed for a beautiful, healthy baby girl. It's all I ever wanted. And that's what I was given. And then I said, I love her so much. Let's do it again. And um, it, did, it wasn't as easy that second time, but I, I did get pregnant again. And then he blessed me with the baby boy. Never thought I wanted a boy. I was like, and it's those unanswered prayers. And I was like, boys are amazing. I have two brothers. And I was like, I do not want a boy. Um, You know, I grew up with two brothers. They're wild. And and then you have one and you're like, oh, dirt is amazing. You know, I love dirt. And I I love finding little acorns and rocks in his pockets. And I love trucks being everywhere. And I never thought I would because my daughter was the true definition of a girly girl, you know, sparkles and bows. And so it's really great that, yeah, I was I was blessed with my unanswered prayer, my little boy. And he's amazing. It's so wonderful how the Lord really does know the deepest desires of our heart. And he surprises us. He surprises us. Yeah. Well, tell me about your faith journey, Tanya. Have you always known the Lord? Were you raised in a Christian home? Tell, tell us your faith journey. I I think that's where I am uh, truly blessed. I am very blessed to have been raised in a family that knew the Lord and knew Jesus. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Virginia. I was born in Roynoke. Then we lived a little bit in Williamsburg. And then I grew up in the Allegheny Mountain chain in a true mountain town. There was one school and I guess every faith was represented. There was a Catholic um, a church and a Methodist church, and we belonged to a truly a little white Baptist church. Mm-hmm. You, you can just you, you can imagine with the wreath on the door and just sweet and the wooden um, wooden pews. And that's my memory. We went to church. I went to Sunday school. I sang in the choir, and that's where I developed my love and my passion. Not only, of course, for the Lord, but also for getting up on stage and, and telling his Testament. I, I always did all the plays, um, even the musical plays that they did. And I cannot sing uh, at all. I used to very passionately mouth the words because <laughs> when I auditioned, they were like, you don't get the solo. I, I'm like, but I can do it. 
and I would <laughs> sing so strongly on the inside and it projected, I guess, on the outside without words coming out. But that's what started my passion for acting and for being on stage because I started in church. Um, and then it kind of it grew from there. And I, I don't think we can always rely on how we were raised. You know, at some point you have to take a little more accountability than what you were born into. Um, and then talking about my husband, he was always, he's a man of faith. His parents, we've traveled with them all over the globe. And the one thing my in-laws made sure we did when we traveled, whether we were in Germany and Switzerland and Italy every Sunday, we would find a church and we would go to church every time we're on vacation. If there wasn't one, like if literally there wasn't one, then we would have our own Bible gathering and Bible study. And I just love that. And I've instilled that in my children. Um, Again, it's just, you you go to church and we, we bow our heads and, and we pray and we give thanks every single day for everything. Even if your day is, you know, some of those days we're just like, We all have them, don't we? Um, you're, I'm still thankful, even on my the, the 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 days where your eyes are swollen from crying. I'm, I just drop to my knees and I give thanks every day because uh, just because. I mean, not only is that what you're supposed to do, but I am truly thankful for my life and for the blessings that I've been given. So, have you ever gone through something really hard in your life, something really difficult that sort of rocked your world? Um. I am, I, again, I'm very blessed to say that I don't have much trauma, trauma, emotional trauma. I have been through hardships in life. Um, you know, I'm a child of divorce. That, that was not fun. Um, so growing up as a teenager, that always kind of rocked me a little bit. Like, why is this happening to me when, especially again, I would go to church and I, every Wednesday we would go and I saw true families. And here I am, my, my dad moved away. And then I had my mom and that was hard as a teenage girl. You need both mm-hmm. parents, I, I think. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I navigated towards that. And now my, both parents are remarried and I love my, I, I love my step parents. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a path. And then as I guess, you know, there, there have been deaths of family members that have rocked me. We, we just buried my mother-in-law three weeks ago. Very traumatic because I just love her so much. I, I, she reminded me of Queen Elizabeth. And I told my husband, I go, they looked alike. And I said, you know, Nancy is showing Elizabeth around up there. And he said, that's exactly what I said. They're just She was 85 and had little, you know, white hair. And she was just so sweet. And, I, and she always reminded me of Queen Elizabeth. And I said, "She's Nancy is showing the queen around, showing her the ropes up in heaven. And so I've had sadness like that. But uh, again, I've been blessed. But, but I think... I mean, there's some things there are, I'm even, you know, being a wife and a mother, sometimes I'm wondering, am I doing everything right? Because not everything is as it seems on social media. We only post the pretty pictures and having teenagers is hard and it causes some stress when things are difficult in their lives and I have to parent. So but I think everyone who's watching right now can definitely relate to that. If you're a woman that is working and juggling being a wife, being a mother, uh, making money to just keep the the lights on. It's a struggle and we have to realize how to how to navigate that and realize I always say I'm fortunate that I have lights to keep on. 
I always kind of think about that. I'm fortunate that I have, when I'm hungry, I go to my refrigerator and there, I have food in there. I'm always thankful when I start getting just a, sometimes I have a little anxiety or get a little, I think you, you're sitting on your couch watching TV with a, with the air conditioner on and, you know, food in your refrigerator. So I just try to look at things like that as I am blessed because I truly am. Yeah. And that's yes. a great perspective. I, I think a lifestyle of gratitude yes. is one of the healthiest choices we can make. Um, yes. I agree so with I'll, you. Be yeah. grateful. Be grateful. Even on the, the rainiest of days, there's all, there's usually that rainbow. I go out and I'm always, there's always that rainbow. There's always that blue sky after that dark cloud always. And we just have to get through that storm and um, just can continue to pray and keep your faith. And mm-hmm. I think we'll rise above. Yeah. All that. Well, so you alluded to this a couple of minutes ago, Tanya, but so you've always wanted to be an actress. You've, you've always carried that inside of your soul. I would love to be an actress. Yeah. You would? No, no, you. Oh, I was Have like, you, do it. Oh, <laughs> I've always wanted to be a writer. I, do I, it. I am. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, when, you know, when you're a little girl and someone says, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, Little girls kind of know, they'll say, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. I want to be an astronaut, the president. I always said, I'm going to be an actress always since I can remember. And, but again, I grew up in that tiny little town. So my first stage was the stage at my church. Always. And then I moved to the stage at my elementary school. Then I moved to Tennessee and I tried out for theater and you had to sing a song. And I was like, again, remember I mouth the words. I go, um, I, I think I, I think I'm in the wrong audition room. Is this for choir? Cause I'm here for theater. And they said, Oh, this is musical theater. We sing. And I was like, I could be a tree. I could sway. I could be a willow tree. You know, I could do all that. And they were like, no. So I said, I I didn't have a song prepared. I sang Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. And they asked me to, you know, they were like, thank you, but no. So I pushed it to the back, but I never forgot my dream. I just kind of, you know, if it's a a true calling, a true dream, you never give up on that. You, it may be pushed way back there, but, um, I just continued to have that passion and have that fire. And I graduated with a degree in retail sciences, which is like marketing. But my first job out of college, I'm I'm older. So back in the day, you would find your job by looking through the newspaper or Mm -hmm. by someone that you knew. So I was looking through the paper and there was an ad that probably the size of my pinky and it said on air talent wanted. And I was like, this could be good or it could be very, very bad. And it was before caller ID. And I thought if it's bad and creepy and weird and gross, I'll just hang up the phone. But if it's good, this could be fun. And it turned out to be a host for a shopping network. And I went in, I auditioned, I sold a number two pencil. I got the job and I did that for three years. And then kind of the, the rest is history. And that that's how I started my journey. Acting is, hosting isn't really acting, but it is a lot of energy. You have to learn how to present yourself on camera. And it was a great start to my career. And I'm still doing a little bit of hosting now. I'm um, at HSN, the Home Shopping Network out of St. Pete, Florida. I'm a guest host there. So I have a couple of products and I go on, I sell my products and then I move on with my day. So how did the door open? Let, let's talk about the film first, I Still Believe, because we, we all love that movie so much. How did the door open for you to 
have a major role in this Christian movie that really took the world by storm. Okay. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. And I love the Irwin brothers who directed it. Um, That's an amazing film. It started, I did a, um, a little, it was kind of like a pilot and it was called Dry Creek based in the 1800s. And it was kind of a take on Little House on the Prairie. And we did two episodes and they were really hoping to, to sell it and have, you know, years of seasons. And we just kind of fizzled out. Maybe someday it'll come back. But I played a, you know, a, a woman, a mother on this old Western town. Um, and I loved that role. From there, I went to a, a small independent film called God, Where Are You? And that it was, it's a good film. It just didn't have a lot of budget, but it was a sweet little film with a great message because I think sometimes a lot of us ask that, where are you in our deepest times? You can get it, I think, probably on Amazon for free. And it's a sweet little movie because it, it goes through different people's journeys. Um, a, a, a drug addict, my character, my husband, he he left me, he cheated on me, he was horrible and he took all my money and my children. And then there was someone that had a horrible um, time with his career. So it, it was during our lowest lows, when you say, God, where are you? You realize that he's always there. And when you look at the footprints in the sand, you're being carried, right? You're not walking alone. <laughs> then um, from that movie, I auditioned for I Still Believe. And I I think I had eight scenes I had to audition for and maybe two months went by. And normally you hear a little faster than that. Not always, but normally you hear a little bit faster. And I remember I was sitting on the couch, eating a salad, watching TV and on my caller ID, it just said, um, it wasn't Los Angeles. It was a city outside of, I can't think right now, but let's just say it said LA. And I was like, I'm not going to answer that because I don't know anyone there. And I, did end up answering it. And it was Beverly Holloway, who was the casting director. She goes, we have been trying to reach you. My agent who submitted me had changed his phone number. So there was a little glitch. So she went straight to me and she goes, is this something you want to do? We've been trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, absolutely. And she said, you're going to live for about a month in Mobile, Alabama. Um, And it's the story of Jeremy Camp and his life. And I, I just dove right into Jeremy Camp's life, wanted to learn more about him. I actually got to meet him and his wife and his three beautiful children. Um, and I actually, I got to meet my character's parents, like everyone, they were truly there as well. So that was a great experience. So I do, if I got to choose my path and my, my journey, it's a little easier said than done, but I love doing faith-based projects that really hit home and leave a place on your heart. I do all, I'm an actor. I do secular things as well. But whenever people come up to me, I, on some of my projects, people are like, oh, I saw you in that, you were hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that was great. But I love it when people come up and say, I saw you and that movie really touched my heart. And I shared your story or the, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. Those really mean a lot. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And yes. then after you were in I Still Believe, then you became part of the cast of a movie that's just come out this year called The Mulligan. Talk to yeah. us about that. How did that door open? And what's that movie all about? And that was another um, thank you, Jesus moment. 
where I didn't know if it was really going to happen. Mark Van Cannon is the casting director for that. And he's one of, if not the top casting director in the Southeast and probably one of the most amazing men out there. He is a beautiful Christian man um, who I just love him. He's kind and he's a true actor's casting director. He believes in you. And I auditioned for the Mulligan. Maybe a couple of weeks later, I got a call back to meet with the producers and the director of Rick Eldridge producing, Michael Osibel directing. And they said, come to Atlanta. You know, and when you have a call back, it's usually down. Sometimes it's just you. And they just want to see how you're going to react and really look in person. Sometimes it's you and a handful of people and they're just seeing who's right for the role. And I walked in. Um, I did, I think, three scenes. And... It was great to meet everybody. I left. And a couple of weeks later, I found out I got it. And then a couple of weeks after that, the world shut down because of COVID. So I was like, oh, no. So they kept pushing it a couple of months. And I thought a lot of times when that happens, when things get pushed, the lead actors like Pat Boone was in it, Eric Close was in it. Well, they have, they're very busy. And sometimes the leads are pulled to other projects or sometimes funding disappears but it didn't happen. That did not happen. It was pushed back for a year. I got a call, the Mulligans back on. We need you in Tacoa, Georgia for again, about a month. Are you still in? And I was like, absolutely. I've been waiting for this for over a year. I went to Tacoa, which is a small town outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and lived there and filmed with Pat. I lived, they put us in this big, huge house and we all had our own, it, it's what they call a lockout. So there were two rooms upstairs and two rooms downstairs that you could lock out. Like you could rent those rooms if you wanted, but they opened up the whole house. So we had a living room and a kitchen and we would all gather at night and have dinner. I would send Pat Boone off. Uh, I'd make oatmeal for him in the morning and then send him off because my role is um, it's a sweet supporting role, but it really revolves around the, the old pro, which is Pat Boone and Paul McAllister pay, played by Eric Close. It really is their journey through life and through forgiveness and, and second chances. So that, that was just an amazing experience. It really is. And actually, I'm going to go back to Tacoa in a month um, because they're doing a Pat Boone golf tournament. So I get to go see everybody again and kind of promote the mulligan and all the money goes towards the Payne Stewart Children's Foundation. So that's going to be really fun to get together and see everybody again. So you made oatmeal for Pat Boone. I made oatmeal for Pat. He loves his oatmeal and he has a sweet tooth also. So I would send him off um, on set and really everybody with some homemade cookies, his favorite oatmeal raisin. That's what I thought. I, I was making cookies one rainy day and I was like, I texted him. I said, what do we like? What do we do? Are we doing chocolate chip? Or are we feeling kind of oatmeal raisin? And he's the kindest man on the planet. He's kind of my favorite person right now. I love him so much. Every time I call, he answers my phone. Um, he's 89 years old, sharp as a tack. I would wake up in the morning and I would hear him singing through his door so he was getting ready to record a song with Crystal Gale and he would have voice lessons and sing in the morning. He has this old worn Bible that he would read at night on the porch. Um, we would dine together in the country club where they put us. It, it was just such a, such a family environment. A lot of times you'll go do a movie and you just go for it. You do your job and you go home. 
Maybe you'll make a connection. Maybe. Uh, but this was truly, I mean, we had Easter dinner together because I went up, I, I think it was that Good Friday, and we all gathered around for Easter dinner. We would get together for Sunday dinners. So it wasn't just do your job and go home. It wasn't a scary set either. You know, some sets aren't, you can feel the energy and the vibe. It's not there and you can't wait to do your job and go home. But this was like working with a family and people didn't want to go. And even when we weren't working, sometimes we would just show up on set and be like, <laughs> because you know, I mean, because it, it was great. It was like you, you're going to see your your best friends and your family. And I I loved every single second of filming that movie. Well, I already wish that Tanya lived next door to me, don't you? I just love her vitality and her enthusiasm. But before we rejoin my conversation with Tanya, I always like to take a minute and tell you what's going on behind the scenes in the ministry. This week, I want to tell you about one of my books that's titled Significant, Becoming a Woman of Unique Purpose, True Identity, and Irrepressible Hope. Um, it was my honor to write this book, which is a biblical response to some of the top issues that women face today. We were very strategic and we researched what are the issues that a woman faces today. We went to secular platforms to discover these topics and they all agreed those four issues that women really wrestle with are identity, purpose, stress, and loneliness. And then my book, Significant, is a biblical response to those challenges. If you or a friend of yours can relate with any of those challenges, I hope that you'll purchase my book, Significant. You can buy it on our website, which is Carol McLeod Ministries, or really wherever books are sold. And also, do you know what version is? It's that little brown Bible app on your smartphone and it's free on you version you can access thousands of devotionals have a verse of a day delivered to your phone um, and you can access beautiful scriptural graphics for you to share on social media i have the honor of being a writer for you version and i currently have 25 devotionals on that platform with nearly 4 million downloads whenever i say that i have to pinch myself all you have to do is download the YouVersion Bible app and, and do a little search there for Carol McLeod, and you'll find all of my devotionals at your fingertips. But now it's time to get back to my conversation with the very enthusiastic and genuine Tanya Christensen. So have you ever turned a roll down because morally or ethically it wasn't a good fit for you or or would you ever turn a role down based on that i would and i have um maybe when i first got back into acting i took a really long break and i did a couple of um low budget things that i wouldn't do now i i don't there's nothing wrong with them i, I just i'm like eh. but I, I felt the need and to to say, okay, I'll do this job just to get back in it, to get that muscle memory back, to um, maybe get my name out there again, because you're you're only in this business relevant by the job that you have that day. It's kind of like being a, a real estate agent. You're, you're, you just close that big deal 
And then you don't have another house to sell. You got to go out and get the business. So you're only as good as your latest project. So there are a couple things I'm like, I would not do that horror movie anymore. I wouldn't do that screen fest anymore. Just something that I found trivial and silly. Um, and I have been asked to do just some projects. I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that touches, it never really touched me, but I, I don't think I, I want to be a part of that. And I say it eloquently, just mm-hmm. thank you. For, it's always a, um, a blessing and an honor and a treat when someone reaches out to you and, and because they want you because of your talent and they know you're going to show up and deliver a job. So mm-hmm. I, I always consider it a blessing to be asked, but I don't feel the need to do things anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So who would be, let's see if I can phrase this correctly, Tanya, who would you love to play on film? Like, is there a character from a book or a real life person that you think, oh, if there's a movie about her, I want that role? Oh, that's a good question. Other than I still believe, which was based on a true story, Jeremy Camp's um, true story, and I played his mother-in-law. I've I've never I've never played a, a real character before. So that was fun and interesting. So I don't know. I've I've never hmm, I'd have to th- I'd have to think a little bit on that one. My my favorite parts to play are now that I'm at this age, I always like playing a um it's usually I get the mother roles now and I like the ones that will leave an impact to Mm -hmm. women my age and also Mm -hmm. to younger, younger women as well that I can be seen as a role model. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, well, that's a, that's a woman that I would love to be best friends with, or that's a woman that I'm, I'm proud to be her daughter or her mother or her sister. So I, I do like to play roles. I love, I love humor and I love comedy, but also, just whenever I can touch someone's heart. And, and like I, I was saying before, whenever anyone comes up to me and they say, I loved that. I loved that. It was so sweet. You, were, you made me tear up. I was doing a, a television show. It was just a comedy. It was like, I, it was for Euro Disney. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was like 10 years ago. And it was just a fun little thing. But there was a very touching scene. I was playing the mother and I was saying goodbye to my son and when I hugged him, he was so little, so tiny little guy, little tiny actor. I could feel his little heart beating against my chest. So it was just, and I kind of played off of that. But the cameraman got off of his do- dolly that he was on. And he said, well, God, now I've got to go call my son. And he was crying. I know it's just, it's things like that thing. I don't want to make anybody cry, but I want to make people feel, yes. you know, but it, it, whether it's like, Ugh, or they're truly laughing where their stomach hurts or they're just touched and they want to go call their grandmother, their husband, their, their children. Those are my favorite parts just to wherever I can make someone feel something positive. Mm-hmm. I don't want to scare well, anybody. Can, not scare anybody. But <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm yeah. Um, you know, the name of the pot, my podcast is significant women. And so when I say that to you, significant women, what does it mean to you to be a significant woman at this time in history? Gosh, that could be a lot. I think a significant woman would be um, a woman that makes a positive impact, a woman mm-hmm. that leaves a, a legacy, a woman that, you know, I don't, 
just someone that when you leave the room, you, you leave a significance. And I don't need to stand on a soapbox and, and preach to anybody and, and you know, my way or the high. Just, just be significant in someone's life, even if you're not significant to everyone in the room, but maybe you were significant to that one person that you were talking to. Um, to my daughter, I, I, we have a very good relationship and I, I, I'm so blessed to say that because I don't, a lot of my, some, not a lot, but some of my friends don't have that. Um, mm. And it's to no one's fault of their own. It's just sometimes that's, that's the way it is. We have to work on that. But I think it's just being a positive role model, a good mm. Christian role model and someone that will touch a life. Um, just like Mark Fincannon was saying about the mulligan. He said, if we make this movie and it truly changes and, and and make someone from a non-Christian to a Christian or someone that never thought they could ask for a do-over and pray and say, you know, I ask for forgiveness and you, you, you open up your heart. If we do that for one person, then that's, we did our job. We made this whole movie to change one person. And that's how it is to be significant is just to, to, to leave an impact, I think, on someone's life in a positive way. Amen. Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. have said it better. That's so. Who have been the significant women in your life, role models, women that you thought, yeah, I, I'd like to be like her someday? I would have to say it would be a combination of all of the women in my life, from my um, maternal grandmother, who is still. I still have a grandmother. I that I. I I am so blessed when I, I tell my friends, I'm going to go see my grandma. And they're like, your grandma? And I go, I am blessed to get in the car and go see my grandma. She's um, almost 93 years old. She's amazing. She lives a couple, eh, about four hours away from me. She lives with my aunt. She's very impactful in my life. She lives with my aunt who takes care of her every single day because my grandmother has Parkinson's. She's such a light in my grandmother's life. And for she has devoted everything to her. She added a a room onto her home. She's become her caregiver. Um, so my aunts, my grandmother, my mother, um, who I'm blessed to have lived two hours away from me. My mother-in-law, who has just passed, who was so significant in my life. I love that woman from the day I met her, and I miss her every day. I miss her. Um, but one day I said, I said, oh, oh, we're so lucky to do that. And Nancy, my mother-in-law, said, you're not lucky. You're blessed. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, and I've never said lucky since. I've, and I thought about it. I was like, wow, she's right. I'm not lucky. I am blessed. And there were certain little things that stick with me. And I was like, yeah, she's right. That's, that's a blessing, not just that's not luck. Mm-hmm. Um, when I find pennies, I don't say what's my lucky penny. To me, whenever I'm, uh, I'm like, oh, there's always a penny. Always. When. There's all, you know, everyone has their little sign. I always find a penny when something's going on. And I'm like, I, I hear you. I see what you did there. I pick it up and I put it in my pocket and I go, I see what you, I, okay. I'm going to let all that anxiety go. But I, I think it's the culmination of all the women in my life that are nearest and dear to me. And now my daughter is becoming a woman. She's 20 and she's becoming a part of that. Whereas before I saw her as my child and me as her mother. I'm seeing her as a young woman and my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if I have one answer there. I think it's just a combination of all the positive 
women in my life give me a little bit of nuggets um, to, to make me whole. If that makes any sense. I don't have any open wounds. I think it's all of all bits and all parts of me are filled up with the women in my life. Tanya, you know what I love about your answer that here you live in this world where you're meeting famous people, um, the, the big names of our day. And yet the women who've influenced you are the quiet women who've lived their lives well for their mm. families, for their faith. That that shouts to me. And oh. I hope it shouts to the women who are listening that your face doesn't need to be on the cover of People magazine for you to be a no. significant woman. Not, Just, not, not to me. I'm yeah. usually like, I, that has, uh, it's never, I'm not impressed easily. That yeah. does not impress me. The 20 that, you know, the top most beautiful woman in the world. I'm like, Oh, good. Oh, good for you. I, okay. I, I don't know. I'm not impressed by that. Uh, never have been. I'm, I'm more impressed by the quiet, silent powerhouses in the background. You know, the, the women that lift you up. I always think on the cover of the magazine, that woman, all the women that are holding her up. You know, I think about mm -hmm. that whenever I make a movie, we just see what we see on TV or on film, and you'll see a scene with two people, one person doing a monologue, 10 people. And if we could just pull those cameras back, if you could see the hundreds of people in the background, or if you look at a football game, you see the team members, but look around at all the people and all the, all the people that make the team, all the people that make the movie. And that's how a movie or anything is successful. When we look at even companies, you see one man on a pedestal, but what about all the people again, holding him up? So I think I like the story of how someone got to that cover. That's who I want to know. I, that's who I want on the cover. The people that got the person on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of, I like, I like the, the, the people that lift yeah. up. Yeah. The, the quiet yeah. people in the background. Yes. So do you have a favorite Bible verse? Um, it would be I don't know if I, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper mm -hmm. you and not harm you. It's always been my favorite because I think that God has a plan for everyone and, mm -hmm. and, Everyone, we were born, there's a plan. There's a plan for all of us. And whether we open up our hearts and truly listen um, to that plan and we, we follow through with our, our Christian beliefs. And, and again, like I always wanted to be an actor and that may seem superficial, but if we can do projects that touch lives, that's great. I don't, I don't need to be the actor on the cover. I love, mm -hmm. I love where I am. I, I love, I don't need to be up here. I love just working every day. I don't, um, I don't do it. I never said I want to be famous ever in my whole entire life. And that is the truth. But that, that's my, my go-to. Um, Philippians 4 is don't be anxious about uh, anything, but um, through everything and through prayer. Because I have a lot of anxiety. I just do. Yeah. I was born that way. A little worry wart. And my mm -hmm. mom's always said, Tanya, 90% of the things that you worry about, 90% of it doesn't come to fruition. And she's right. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't. We're worrying about, I'm like, oh, I got a little stomach ache over absolutely nothing. If I had just stepped away and prayed on it, and I always pray on it, pray over it, pray through it, 
I look down, I see a penny and I'm like, I, you're right. You're right. That's what I always say. Those are my two favorites. Those are the two things I, I always kind of rely on. So good. Such great anchor verses for your life. They are. They're, I think they're probably in the top 10 of what people, but that really, I've always loved that one because I know there's a plan for me. I know there is. Well, they're in everybody's top 10 for a reason. That's right. That's right. They speak to all of us. Yes. I always love to close the podcast with this little activity that I call a few of my favorite things. Okay. Some people might call it a lightning round, but I'm just going to throw some things out at you and you answer it as quickly as you can. And if you want to say pass, pass, and we'll go to the next one. But it's just meant to be fun. Don't get anxious, Tanya, okay? (laughs) I'm getting a little sweaty. I'm getting nervous. (laughs) Okay, first of all, what's one of your favorite books you've ever read? Um, I love Angela's Ashes. I love that book. It is a memoir about a boy that grew up in very rough times in Ireland. And he made it from someone that was growing potatoes out of his wool sweater to being an author, you know, published author. It just shows that it's a good book. It's a good one. It's based on a true story. I love memoirs. So that's one of my favorites. The Bible's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good book. Yeah. Best-selling book of all time. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good book. What's your favorite season of the year? Oh, I don't get it in Florida, but I love it. And, you know, even though I don't get it in Florida, I can get on a plane and I can go see it. I love fall weather. I love sweaters. I love football. I love the leaves. I just love fall. Spring is is the second, though. Okay. Love some spring. Yeah. Me too. Um, What's your favorite worship song? Or him? Oh, gosh. My Lord is an awesome God. That one? You can sing. What are, no, what I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Awesome God. That's a yeah. great one. Yeah. Um, favorite movie you've ever seen? Not been in, but seen. Oh. Um... Gosh, you know, my like a little love story, The Notebook got me. Mm-hmm. Did you like that one? I, I loved, loved The Notebook because it was, a, they were so young. And then at the, at the very end, he stays with, he stayed with her. And every day, even though she didn't know who he was, he knew who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, that, it's just, yeah. a, that is a true love story. And I guess there were some silly parts, but I just love that movie. I, I, I'm with you there. Okay. Sweet. What's your favorite way to rejuvenate? Oh, um, I love a green juice and I love a big walk um, by myself, unplugged. Uh, a lot of times when I walk, I'll throw in some, my, my AirPods and listen to a podcast or something, but I love to hit a trail and walk and let it go. That's mm-hmm. my favorite thing is just to walk by myself, no talking, just listening. Yeah. Not just to what's going on around me, but what's going on in the inside too. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I feel better. Yeah. 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 It's as good as a good counselor, just going for a walk. And oh, God's gosh. Great. Yes. And processing. Right. Processing. That's a great where the crunch of the leaves, the, the, the mm. birds, that just letting go. Mm. And then when that path ends, 
you, you really surprisingly feel you feel amazing. You just have to sometimes let it go and trust and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite dessert. Do you eat desserts? I do. I'm more savory than sweet, but okay. my grandma makes the most, she's country grandma and she makes the best banana pudding. Mm, you're a Southern girl, banana pudding. That's right. I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> banana pudding, sure. That's it. But I do like, I like a, yeah, I'm, her banana pudding is probably my favorite. And last question. What's your favorite holiday? Oh, it would be, I guess it, I love Easter. I love Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, Easter, though, I love it because we usually get together the la- right before the pandemic. I had 22 members of my family, all adults in my house. And we just we went to uh, sunrise service. We all get our picture next to this big cross that's made out of flowers in front of my church. And then we went home and we just had this amazing feast of just family. Uh, and I and it, I said my favorite, you know, season is fall, but it's just that coming out of um, winter doldrums, it's spring, it's renewal, it's growth, it's the start of a new year. I just love, I love Easter. Yeah. Yes. Easter. Yes. Easter is what we're all about. We're an Easter Yes. Yes, we are. And I like Thanksgiving too, because it just means family, family, family. Yeah, and that's one of your core values is gratitude. So you've got the gratitude at Thanksgiving and the risen Christ at Easter. That's exactly right. It makes sense. Well, before we go, Tanya, would you pray for my listeners? Uh, Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, uh, Dear Lord, bless all of us that are here today. Um, We believe that you will provide for us and believe that you will just amaze us and surprise us every every day with with your faithfulness and uh, with your love. I pray that the movie that we spoke about, The Mulligan, will touch people's lives and be used to uh, brighten um, in any dark spaces that people may have in, in their life and lift hearts. Remind us always of your love um, as we see our plans unfold and accomplish the goals that we set every single day in your name only and in your name we pray amen 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 well i really hope that you'll take the time to watch tanya's new movie the mulligan and if you haven't seen i still believe yet it is a must watch um thank you for joining me this week on the significant women podcast i hope that you'll share this episode with your friends and even leave a word of review on whatever platform you're listening to um you will never know how much just a few words of positive review on any of those platforms well it just means the world to us And now, my friend, I want to talk to you. There's one reason why you're significant, and it's not because of your accomplishments. It's not because of your education or because of a number on a scale. You're significant because you have been made in the very likeness of your creator. As I visited with Tanya today, this was the scripture that came to my mind. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Tanya was created by God for a specific purpose, and so are you. Don't ever doubt it. I hope that you'll join me next week on the Significant Women podcast. It's always my delight to serve you right here.